Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today we have a special guest. He is a story editor. I didn't ask you before I started recording uh, for TSN. It's Mark Wazinski. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. That was so unprofessional. Of me. Usually <laughs> I ask people how they want to be introduced and then I just fully went into it. No, that no. I mean, you nailed it. So good job. Okay, great. Nailed it as I spoke with many question marks inflicted in my voice, but we got there. We got there. Um, we're going to talk about NBA before we get into the Raptors. And I got to bring up Kevin Durant's injury. Uh, he's out for four to six weeks. I think it's a, it's a, is it a torn MCL? I believe it is. Or, and, uh, you know, this really sucks for the Nets. I It's crazy. This big three, since James Harden was traded to the Nets, have only played a total of 10 games together because of injuries and other things. We all know what that is. And, uh, it, you know, it's obviously they're going to take a huge dip, I think, at least in the, in the standings for the regular season. Um, they should be I- back in time for the playoffs. What do you think? See, I'm not going to sit here and say that not having having Kevin Durant is a good thing. But, I mean, if you look at the standings, they're currently only half a game back of first place behind Chicago and Miami. So, I mean, is it that crazy to think that James Harden and part-time Kyrie Irving is enough to keep them afloat to get them a top three seed in the East? I mean, at the end of the day, at least to me, the only teams that, or the only team, I mean, that would really worry me about if I were them were Milwaukee. I mean, don't get me wrong, Chicago's looked great, but like at the end of the day, I still think there is a drop off coming there. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's funny because um, James Harden is just not who he was. And right. he's going to have to become their leader now. And he hasn't had a leadership role in a while. So, no, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of slip back into that somehow. Because, yeah. you know, Kyrie Irving's not going to do it. I mean, it'd be funny if they just kept winning road games now. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> the road games will be their home games. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I do anticipate... Um, uh, I want to call it a significant dip in the standings, but not like to the point where they're suddenly talking about the play in. Like, I don't think it'll be that deep, but I think they can go down to like fifth or potentially sixth in the East because I I just don't see Harden being this like leader again. Yeah, no, I agree with you that like, they're obviously worse without Kevin Durant, but you say they're going to drop to sixth. They're only two games back of six. I mean, the East is so jam packed outside of that play in that, at least to me, they can survive in the short term without 
Kevin Durant. Right. So you're just saying, like, even if they did, like, it just doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, obviously it does. I'm not going to, like, they're obviously much, much worse without Kevin Durant, who's playing at an MVP level. But if there was a time to not have him, now is it. Right. Yes. The timing timing is not terrible. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to get into any conspiracy theorists. You can, though. This is the podcast. I know, especially when talking about Kyrie Irving. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it is better for them to be a a bottom four seed and you get four playoff games out of Kyrie Irving instead of three if it goes to a seven game series. Oh, that's interesting. That's I hadn't thought of that. That's actually very interesting. Yeah, maybe they're better off without home court advantage. Yeah, unless they yeah and it's not like Barclays is Madison Square Garden. Right. Sorry, I cut you right. off there. No, no, I was just saying, unless the, the it was a first-round series between Brooklyn and Toronto, then Kyrie's not playing regardless. Right. But, I but I mean, the odds of that happening are pretty slim. No. Yeah. Um, for those two teams in particular to yes, line up yeah. against each other, I mean. Yeah, um, I hadn't thought of that. Them not wanting home court advantage is very intriguing for the entire playoff run. Cause you're right. Then they would have a majority of games with them. I don't think that's conspiracy theory ish at all. I think not that that's why Kevin Durant's injured. They could no, easily no. just sit yeah. him out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's really interesting. I actually, I kind of like that for them. Um, what I was thinking was that, you know, Kevin Durant was logging some really heavy minutes um, leading up to the century, not saying that that has anything to do with it, but that this could be a blessing in disguise in that it gives him some rest and a little bit of time left in the regular season to mm-hmm. ramp up again before yeah. the playoffs. Because I felt that, like, obviously last year in the playoffs against Milwaukee, um, and some unfortunate injuries happened and all of that, but, like, he had to carry such a heavy load mm-hmm. in that in that playoff series that, like, you know, I mean, you could say it with any team, like, oh, if you're healthy at the right time, but really for them, like, they're going to need some time to gel. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, that's the thing about this team is they've never really had any time to gel. Yeah. Are they, they've played like 20 something games together with the big three. Only 10. Only 10? No, I thought it was in the teens, but okay. Yeah. Regardless. Well, I, I mean... read in the Washington Post that it's okay. only been 10. Uh, I, well, I'll... if I'm wrong, then they're wrong. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, that's still, regardless of the number, I think if it was as high as 20 is not a, that's nothing. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is that like, um, like Kevin Durant and James Harden have a history. So it's not Mm -hmm. like it's only been 10 games ever in their lifetime, but yeah, they did look really good against Chicago uh, last week. I talked about that in last week's episode that like, that felt like a real statement game to me. And uh, Chicago, I think, went on a four-game losing streak, but they won again last night. Like, it was such a, a demoralizing loss. It took a lot out of them, I think. But, just, yeah. Sorry, just going back to the standings. I mean, Lonzo Ball might now be up long-term. So, I mean, right. the East is in such flux right now that, like, the Nets, I don't think, are in the worst position right now. It could have been a lot worse losing Kevin Durant to injury in a normal mm-hmm. year. But what is a normal year anymore? Yeah, I mean, personally, this is just, this might just be my own bias, but I really enjoy the league more when it's wide open. Like, when you have a team like the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant and everyone else is playing for second place, like, the NBA just isn't as fun for me. So, for me, Unless you're in that market. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah unless you are a, a warrior's homer that's yeah. true yeah but um yeah so for me in, in a messed up way not that i want to see anyone injured but like this is fun for me yeah, you oh, know? Yeah. oh and especially if we get healthy playoff kevin durant that could be really fun yeah yeah i i think it's like we're so used to kevin durant being so good i feel like we almost take it for granted now not that i'm like a, a real nets homer but oh yeah I mean, he is, he is, who he's he is. so good. Yeah. And yeah. if there's anybody that can come back from an injury, we know he has that gene, I think, where it's just like, he just recovers better than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. We were, um, I was talking about that before when Clay Thompson came back. Cause it just seems like guys just come back from these horrific injuries now in a way that you just didn't see people come back from them before. I don't know what's happened in sports science or what's low key happening behind the scenes or anything like that little, again, conspiracy theory. I don't know, but it, it's wild how, how well these players have been able to come back. But I, I mean, it's, it's good for them. Like I'm not, I, I can't claim to be against it cause I don't know what's happening, but right. No. Yeah. Shocking that science, you know, Kyrie Irving would help people. <laughs> Anyways, move. <laughs> I don't want to spend this entire thing. No, ranting yeah. about that. I mean, if yeah. you need to get something off your chest, you can. No, no. I'll just take pot shots here and there. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, I want to move on and talk about the Lakers. Um, you know, everybody's talking about Frank Vogel in the hot seat, quote unquote. We're recording this on a Thursday. I mean, he could be fired before this episode comes out. <laughs> um, by the way, it, it looks and sounds um, I know you were covering the the Lakers game last night against the Pacers. Um, what do you think of of Frank's situation right now? Uh, not one that you would want to be in as a coach. Um, LeBron is a notorious. I love LeBron James. In my mind, the greatest basketball player of all time. Notorious coach killer. It's yes, he is. It's it's almost shocking, and he hasn't had that many great coaches in his career. If you really think about it. Eric Spolster really being the only one that really stands out. But this isn't on Frank Vogel. The Lakers had a was a fork in the road this offseason where they could have gotten Buddy Heald for much less than what they gave away for Russell Westbrook. And I think 90% of NBA fans would agree that they definitely made the wrong choice there. This is, in my opinion, so much more on management than it is Frank Vogel but it's a lot easier to fire a coach than it is to trade a player who's making nearly 40 million dollars yeah I, I'm gonna go uh I completely agree with everything you said but I'm, I'm gonna take it a bit further where I'm gonna say this is just flat out disrespectful to Frank Vogel at this point like it's just to me it's so obvious I mean it started mm -hmm. with the Anthony Davis trade but year after year this team kept trading away their depth and for what like they and kept, their draft picks and their draft picks like they they constantly made these questionable moves I'm not saying the Anthony Davis trade was a questionable move but right. it did trade a lot away a lot of their depth and they weren't able to retain any depth they kept getting older and it's just like year after year, they kept making these bad decisions. To me, it's laughable that the Lakers would look to Frank Vogel at, and uh, question whether he should still be the coach for this team. I also think like if you've won a championship with a team, especially in recent years, 
you should have a little more respect. Like it, it's crazy to me that he hasn't earned more respect from this franchise. Um, it was only 2020. It's not that long ago. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago, but it's not that long ago since they won a championship in the bubble. I mean, you know, Frank Vogel also does have like a track record of being a good coach. Like he had those good years with Indiana a while yeah. back. Like this is just so crazy disrespectful to me. Like at this um, point, yeah. it's like, should Frank just quit? <laughs> should he just no. quit? That would be a career killer, but no, but that I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be. I think the the flat out disrespect that Frank Vogel is getting from this franchise. I mean, it's like if he's not your guy, he's not your guy. Like, so I again, I'm just going to say my sources in case like something comes up and it doesn't end up being real or whatever. But Bleacher Report quoted Mark Spears from ESPN that they are evaluating Frank Vogel on a game-to-game basis. He does not deserve that. And if and even if that's happening, he doesn't deserve that to be in public. Right. And off the top of my head, I can't think of any in-game or in-season firings that have resulted in a championship. Not of a coach, no. No. The only one that I can think of was... Oh, Cleveland. Or I was going to say Stan Van Gundy being fired for Pat Riley. But Pat Riley, again, if you're a conspiracy theorist, one just wanted to coach to get that championship. Right. So, I mean, there are cases of it. But, I mean, it's just like, who are you replacing him with? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Fizdale is on their bench. Yeah. Like, <laughs> former Knicks coach. He is a LeBron coach. guy. He is a LeBron guy, Fizdale. So for How, whatever that's worth. Like they have a history. Oh, from Miami. Yeah. Because yeah. he was an assistant on Miami. Yeah. Right, right, right. I can't believe I know that. I'm kind of impressed with myself. <laughs> I'm sure but, he's mentioned it multiple times when he was on ESPN. Yeah, that's probably true. He probably reminded us at some point yeah. along the way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I just think like if he's not your guy, if Frank Vogel is not your guy, just make it happen already. Like don't drag him deliberately drag him through the media because you are so clearly wrong like i think even the most casual fan of nba basketball can look at this and be like westbrook was just a bad move well going back onto your thing about just do it already if that if that is your thought do it while you can install a new coach who has time to implement whatever he wants to especially before the all-star break because that's going to be the only time really where you have time to practice, especially in 2022 when there's COVID cases popping up. You don't know who's available. If you want to make that change, you have to do it sooner than later. Right. And then you're not even practicing with LeBron James. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think Westbrook's going to be an all-star. Is he? No, no, No. I don't think people are voting in this year, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like just, I mean, LeBron did do it with with Ty Lue, but I think, you know, that championship run was such a crazy run. And there were a lot of like weird freak things that happened, like Draymond Draymond Green kicking him in the nuts. And, you know, the block of, you know, the greatest block of all time, Um, even though I tried to give that to John Morant. But, you know, recency bias. (laughs) It was definitely um, more athletic. 
Yeah, it was more athletic. Yeah, but you can't compare regular season to the finals. But I just think like I went into the season thinking, you know, whether the Lakers are good or not good, they're going to be entertaining no matter what. So I was right about that. Right. But yeah, they're they're Um, a game under 500 without Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis comes back. Who knows what that team looks like? They have not. You talk about the Brooklyn big three have not playing together. The Lakers big three have barely played together. Mm-hmm. I think they're like the any lineup with those three guys are the fewest minutes play for the Lakers. Like it's crazy to me. No, I agree. Like it, it, they have. That's also another team that hasn't really had the time mm-hmm. to properly gel. And Plus, yeah, go ahead. So I was just gonna say, in, if the when oh, if the Lakers make the playoffs, I assume they will. There mm-hmm. aren't that many rosters that are more talented on paper than the Lakers roster. Like playing a seven game series against a healthy Lakers team. I don't think I want to do that. I also think that this team probably has not just ego problems, which they definitely have, but I also think they just, um, they get frustrated too quickly. They give up too quickly. And I think, I don't know if it's because they're the Lakers and they're so um, entitled that maybe that's kind of rubbed off on them in, in a bad way because they don't like like watching that Pacers game last night. Like LeBron just threw up a wild, desperate yeah, three towards the end of the game. Yeah. Towards the end of the game, that completely bricked. I don't even think it hit the rim. And I mean, by that, that point, the game. LeBron, was but no, but LeBron knows better. It's like sure. you don't, but it's like. If you're giving up on the game, then why is anyone else playing hard? Right. No, that's fair. And and it's like I get you're frustrated, you haven't been winning games, but like that is not the way to approach it and that isn't coaching. You're 100% right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think LeBron is is a great player and all of that, but it's just like you can see the frustration like like the, the the body language of like a cohesive team is just not there. And mm-hmm. I don't know. He seems very prickly LeBron. Yeah. Like, I don't think he trusts people easily and, and things like that. But at a certain point, it's like, you gotta maybe act with some more positive reinforcement mm-hmm. than negative because it's not, it's not working. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think LeBron in terms of basketball, maybe in real life too, but I think he needs, players that are catered towards his talent and i don't think this laker roster has it right like they just haven't built around him and i've said it before but i really i strongly feel that in the future you know the number one like first take topic is gonna be how the lakers front office ruined the last era of lebron's career even though he got one championship out of it but the whole point of this yeah. move, yeah, the whole point of this move was for him to win more championships, to be at least closer to Michael Jordan, to and, attempt to end that debate. And this is the year to do it. If you think about the Nuggets won't have Jamal Murray for the whole year. Mm-hmm. It's looking like more and more likely Paul George might be done for the season. And who knows if Kawhi comes back. Like mm-hmm. this, the, the pathway to another championship for the Lakers was there. Yeah, just, they are just not taking advantage of this opportunity. 
Yeah, I mean, even with the Warriors, like Draymond Green's out for a little while. Right. And I mean, I I love this year's Warriors. I'm a big believer in them. But yeah. I could argue that this is like the weakest iteration of that team. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is playing like an all-star and they have some young guys. But I mean, that would have been assuming probably the likely conference finals. And I mean, LeBron doesn't lose in the conference finals. So who knows? Right. I mean, you, all you need, to, you can only play the teams in front of you. So, yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to mention about Vogel before we move on is uh, it's being reported by a few people, but that Vogel's been saying, like, yes, I was given permission to sit Westbrook if I wanted to. And I'm like, aren't you a head coach? <laughs> yeah. You aren't you allowed to, to sit yes. anybody if you yes. want to? Like, it's so and- wild how poorly this guy's being treated. And honestly, watching that game, I didn't even notice notice that Westbrook wasn't benched. I just, oh, this team's playing better for some reason. And then they brought Westbrook back for the last couple of minutes. It's like, oh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, Westbrook wasn't playing. Yeah, Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy to me that he even has to say that. Mm-hmm. That he was given permission. It's just, it's all very telling. Yeah, um, it's very L.A., very Lakers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's going to last or not, but I just, he deserves better. That's, that's, sure. my, that's my ultimate hot take on that. Coaches are um, people too. Yeah, there was a, another Lakers thing I wanted to talk about that is related to the Raptors, and that is Stanley Johnson, uh, former Raptor, has found a, a real place on this team. And there was an article that came out um, by Yahoo Sports that said uh, Masai Ujiri told him that he couldn't play basketball. And in the article, he says it was probably the best thing that ever happened to him, that it was a major wake-up call for him. I I just found this article to be super interesting and insightful. And Masai has a history of sitting players down and talking to him. If you remember uh, however many years ago that report about uh, the conversation that he had with Kyle Lowry when he was a Raptor about what kind of player do you want to be? Do you want to be a $5 million player or do you want to be a $20 million player? And Lowry's on record saying that conversation really like switched a key in his brain. So mm. Masai has a history of doing this with players. And for the most part, it seems like working out for those players. It must be refreshing to have that kind of honesty. Yeah. I mean, cause I think a lot of people, they just, they let you go and then they don't tell you why. And you're just mm-hmm. kind of lost and, you don't know what to work on. And I think that's part of what's made the Raptors franchise as, um, I don't know, the culture as healthy as it is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like when I saw the headline, like Masai told Stanley Johnson, he can't play basketball. I was like, Oh no, there's bad shit about Masai out there that I read it. (laughs) And then he's like, Oh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, everything is restored again. There was also, a. PJ Tucker, right? Uh, that video that came out of um, I can't oh, remember that's what podcast right. he was on. Uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, right? I believe. Yeah, yeah. Where he was essentially saying the same thing. It wasn't Messiah in general, but like he was saying that like the Raptors cutting him was the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah, look at look at us just yeah. helping everyone else and maybe or maybe not ourselves, but we'll get into <laughs> that. Uh, soon. Um, in other NBA rumors, um, I don't want to spend too, too much time on this, but I feel like I have to acknowledge it, that it is being rumored, I'm going to underline that word, um, that 
the 76ers do not plan on moving Ben Simmons at the trade deadline. This is I'm, like, it's making me sick to my stomach at this point. You, you were saying about the Lakers wasting the tail end of LeBron's career. Daryl mm-hmm. Morey might be doing that to the best version of Joel Embiid we are seeing. Yep. He put up 50, 12, and 3 blocks in 27 minutes last night. And he has nobody on that team to help him. Like at this point, you almost have to just take anything you can get. I mean, it's just like, it's one of those situations where I feel like everyone is wrong, but at some point you just need to be the bigger person. And it's like, he was wrong for demanding a trade. He was wrong for not showing up and this, that, and the other. But at some point it's like, you got to get over yourself. Like Daryl Morey's ego seems like it's bigger than any star player in the NBA. And it's like, yeah. that's not right. And look, I not the biggest Ben Simmons basketball fan of him as a player, but he has every right to not show up as part of his right to, if he's willing to accept yep. the fines that come his way, that's his right. And mm-hmm. the Sixers have the right to not trade him and waste the con, like let him ride out that contract. But I mean, you are wait like Joel Embiid is a top three MVP candidate this year, and they're sixth in the East, I think. Yeah, and, and it's just like, you know, I one of my little conspiracy theories, and I don't think I'm not a hundred percent behind this, but I think there's some truth to this. Is like at what point are they going as a franchise? And I know Daryl Morey didn't start it, but as a franchise. Are they going to acknowledge that this whole trust the process BS didn't work? I mean, it worked in the sense they got two great players out of it. It it just was the unluckiest time and the players don't match. But that's, but that's just it like that. But that fundamentally means that it did not work. Right. Cause you can't just, I mean, they, they tanked for so many years. It wasn't like they tanked one year. Yeah. Or even two years. They tanked for, I want to say, three to five three, years. Yeah. And yeah. told everybody, their fan base, everybody, that this will lead to a championship. And I they mean, are nowhere if, near a championship. If that's how you want to frame it, yes, then it has failed. But the, the process of them being bad so that they would acquire good players through the draft, that worked. They just did a poor job putting players around those guys that they drafted. You know what I mean? I, I mean... They, they had a shit... Remember, they traded Markel Fultz essentially for Jason Tatum. They had a shot. At, they could have had Jason Tatum on this team. They also could have kept Jimmy Butler, but they didn't. Right, yeah. That's but what that's, I'm saying. But... It's like, that, to me, is all part of the process, getting those guys, and they just flubbed it. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Uh, To me, everything you're saying is you're like, yeah, no, this is proof that it worked. But to me, all that means is that that's why it didn't work. Okay. I mean, agree to disagree. I mean, to me, it's all about. I don't think I don't think tanking for five years. I don't even remember how many years, three to five years for the results that they've gotten. Yeah, no, I agree. That I agree with. I'm just saying that it worked in terms of they got talent on the roster. They just were not able to do anything with that talent. Right. And I think 
and this is my conspiracy theory that I'm not fully bought into, but I feel is there is a kernel of truth there that this is part of why they're having a hard time letting Ben Simmons go. Because oh, then yeah. that is to acknowledge that that whole process did not work. That I would not be shocked about that. Yeah. Cause it's like, if you let him go, then it's like, why was did worth, we tank? Yeah. Why as season worth, ticket yeah. holders, were we still there year after year after year with the promise yeah. of no, a that, ben that Simmons? I buy into that. I definitely buy into because I think this is a part of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. So my conspiracy theory has a little more weight than I thought. I just think it's like, I'm not even like emotionally attached to, to Ben Simmons as a no, fan, yeah. but I just, it, it's like, you're right. We're wasting Joel and beats prime at this point. Yeah. And, and I don't believe that Simmons is the superstar that the 76ers are claiming he is, no. but he is a very good player. Absolutely. And, and on the right team. He could be great. Just like Stanley Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) On the right team, he could be great. And it's just like, it's not that it's the 76ers job to make another team better, but it's their job to make their own team better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just a classic case of like ego, just getting in your own way. Yeah. And it's just, I hate to see it. I hate to see it. My other thing is that like, you know, I can't say I'm fully on board with this, but if we were still in the era of David Stern, this would be resolved. Like he would have stepped in and he would have made something He would have forced them to make a trade for basketball reasons this time? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) He would have done something. There's no way he would have just let this go on. Uh, I'm not saying that. You fully commit to one of these theories. What do you mean? You're saying you're not on board with all of your conspiracy theories. Commit to one. Well, I'm not saying... Okay, what I mean by not all on board is that I'm not saying that's, like, the right thing to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I... But there is something to be said for those things. Right. Like, I'm not saying David Stern, you know, RIP, but I'm not saying, like, he should be, like, out here rigging the league. But I do... But I... I, What I liked about David Stern... Uh, with his little riggeries, was that it was in the <laughs> it was it was in the interest of making the game more entertaining. Sure, I mean, I would have loved to have seen what the Lakers looked like with Chris Paul. But sure, I know, I know. But you know what? The it turned the Clippers into a relevant franchise yeah. when they were not relevant for the majority of their existence. No, yeah. So maybe he knew what he was doing all along. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Um, Okay, it's time to move (laughs) on to our Raptors Homer moment, finally. Um, So we're in the midst of this very important road trip. Um, It's been one for four so far. I think so, yeah. We we won against Milwaukee, but we lost against Detroit, Miami, and Dallas. Yeah. Nick Nurse has been running this on on a tight seven man rotation um champetti was out for uh the miami game and chris boucher by default had all of the bench <laughs> points <laughs> someone has to score someone has to score um i i mean i hear a lot of fans talking about this uh, this very tight seven man rotation yeah. um being you know it's a little controversial H- how do you feel about his his strategy right now I'm on both sides of the fence. I mean, especially 
There's no Gary Trent. There's no right. Kim Birch. So by default, you're down two guys that would have been in that rotation. But at the same time, you are running Fred, Pascal, OG, Scotty, especially into the ground. Mm-hmm. Like Scotty Barnes has never played this much basketball in his entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's just so condensed. So, I mean, I understand why he's doing it. And I understand that you want to, speaking of the Raptors culture, you want to build that winning culture. But at a certain point, these guys are going to, their bodies are going to break down. You're starting to see it with Scotty too. Like that knee issue that he's just lingering all year. Yeah. He needs a break eventually. Well, he did set out for, was it the Milwaukee game? I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but you're right. Like, um, because I think there is an argument to be made that, like, you know, if you just give Utah or, you know, Delano Banton or Malachi Flynn, like, just like five minutes, that rest could be a big difference. And maybe they could hold on to enough of a lead or something like that. But on the flip side, I think there's there's something to be said for holding the bar really high and being like, if you're not hitting this bar, you're not getting minutes. Absolutely. And that we don't know, we don't have access to the Raptors practice. So we don't know what's going on there. If Malachi just flat out can't play, but like in terms of Banton, there's in my opinion, at least enough of a sample size to warrant him getting some minutes. And it, it is tough this year, especially with all, COVID outbreaks and the Raptors being in Tampa last year, you couldn't really use the 905 as much as the Raptors do. Right. So in like it is hindering development in that way a little bit. But I definitely think Banton could help this team. Especially with his length. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't know why he has suddenly not been getting minutes. Maybe he isn't maybe Nick Nurse isn't happy with like his defensive effort or something. Yeah. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. But um, yeah, I think it's like, it's tough. Like in that play against Dallas where Scotty Barnes just like completely blanked on defense and didn't cover Luca. And you heard uh, some people could hear on the broadcast, like Nick, just like, Oh, you could see it. You could read his lips. Yeah. Just being like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Yeah. Um, You know, a part of me was like, okay, rookie mistakes. They're going to, they're going to happen. And a part of me was also like, is this fatigue? Yeah. In my opinion, it's fatigue. It's so hard to play great defense for however many minutes he played that eventually it gets to you. Right. Luca is great. Like it's hard to guard that shot. And who knows if he closes out harder, what difference it makes on that shot. But I mean, it's yeah, the optics of it for Scotty aren't great. I mean, look, it's like one mistake. We're not going to like hold it against him forever or anything like that. But it's like it's just one of those things where when I saw that happen in the moment, like he just looked tired. Yeah. And I also do. Yeah. I also do worry about Scotty in terms of like, I think he is mentally stronger than this. But seeing that reaction from Nick Nurse, like what does Scotty think like? I'm out here trying as hard as I can. And then that's how Nick Nurse reacts. And I love Nick Nurse. I think Raptor fans are, especially this year, way too hard on him. 
optically, I didn't like that reaction. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty hard. It was a vin- it was really, <laughs> especially when you could read his lips. It was really bad. Yeah, I mean, it's bad be- because like we can all see it, yeah. but I mean, who knows how often he talks like that? Yeah, or, any- or anybody for that matter. I mean, it's just but that's like- also why you need like good leaders. Like you need a Fred in that in that locker room to talk to Scotty and they pull him aside. That obviously is way more effective than Nick Nurse just screaming at him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just like screaming in frustration oh, in the moment. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't think Nick Nurse is the kind of coach to do that in a practice. No, yeah, me neither. But yeah, I mean, it was just like it was just one of those unfortunate things, and also like you know, Luca had the best game of the season for him so far like Mm -hmm. he's been struggling all season then he finally broke out like that's clearly of course against the raptors like that's his best game this season yet so it's like you know he is the player he is you know yeah it's not supposedly supposedly him luca and nick nurse were getting into it on the sidelines at some point during that game oh yeah yeah luca's turned into a little bit of a diva Oh yeah, that doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. I mean, maybe we needed Goran Dragic on on our <laughs> side for this game because they're gone off. Yeah. they're buddies. That's, you know, he would have helped ease some tensions. Or maybe that's why Luca went off. Was like trade this man because, or else I'm going to torch you for 42 and whatever it was. Yeah, I mean that's something I I haven't seen anybody write about. Like, where is he? Because especially when we're dealing with all this COVID stuff and all these injuries and like Fred needing some relief, like we could use him. Like, I don't think he's like a great player by any means, but he can, he can play play like 10 minutes and give Fred some rest. Like, I don't think he was ever in the Raptors plans for that trade. That trade was about precious. And now the Raptors have to find a way to take, maximize that asset. There's no chance he finishes the season on the roster. He'll no, he'll get a buyout if we don't or, trade yeah, him. Or, yeah, he bought out, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you know, in the meantime. Yeah. Why not? If you're not going mean, to play Malachi, which I'm not saying yeah. we absolutely should or anything, but it's like, I don't know, like, where, where Someone is has he? To play. Someone has to play. Like, it's just ridiculous to me. Five straight games of 40-plus minutes for Fred? Like, that's not good. Yeah, and Pascal. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't... I don't understand. No. I don't understand these guys just being like, ah, we don't and want you to almost, play. I don't know if you saw the quote after the game from Fred. Uh, someone asked him uh, about it, if he missed a shot because he was tired or something like that. And he, in his typical Fred frat fashion, was saying, oh, yeah, I'm not making excuses and blah, blah, blah. But just reading the quote to me, it seemed like he was agreeing with the reporter. But obviously, Fred's not going to say anything. Yeah, I mean, Pascal said, well, like, something to the effect of, like, we're young, we're fine. (laughs) We're young, we're fine, but he's coming off a shoulder surgery. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the way I think about it is, you know, Masai said it at the beginning of the year, this is a rebuild year. And yeah. I think because well, we're in the playoff play-in conversation, 
we're kind of potentially losing sight of like the bigger goals here or the more long-term goals here. Can, can I just go off on a little, sort of little tangent there? I don't know what yeah. the expectations for some of Raptor fans were this season. Like in my mind, they were not going to be a good team. Like they were not going to be a, a top four seed where they, everything, in my opinion, they've exceeded expectations this season. You think about their team, Fred Van Vliet, great player. He's having an all-star season. Pascal's coming off of shoulder surgery and he's miraculously is playing like an all-star again. Scotty Barnes is being way better, I think, than anyone thought. You have a super young bench with Banton, Boucher at this point. I think we know what he is. Cam Birch is sort of like on a trial. Precious, we really had no idea what he was going to be. He needs to start making some shots at the rim. Like this was always, in my opinion, going to be a, well, let's see how good we can be, maybe sneak into a play-in game. And in my opinion, they're playing way better than I thought they would be. So, like, at the end of the day, you can't just, in my opinion, you can't just take the season session by possession. It's, it will kill you to do that. This isn't the 2019 team where you, the Raptors needed to win every game. This is a developmental year. See how guys develop. And I think that's why not seeing guys like Malachi and Banton are so, it's so discouraging not to see them play. Yeah, um, I completely agree, actually. Like, I, I really feel like, you know, I went into the season where, and this might be controversial for, for Raptors fans, but a part of me is like, if we don't make it to the playoffs or the play-in, like, I'm good Same. this season. Not, I'm not yeah. going to feel that way every year, right. but this year, like, I'm good. And especially because... with how the uh, draft is shaping up, where I think the top four projected guys are all supposed to be bigs, and the Raptors could use some help We're there. desperate for a big. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Ken Birch, but no. you know, Ken Birch, I think he's been great for this team. I think he's overachieved on this team. I don't think he is a starting center on a that's, winning yeah, team. That's what I was gonna say was his role is coming off the bench. Yeah. And, and same it's, I was just gonna say, same with Precious probably and Boucher. Like to me, those guys are not starting caliber big men. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, we all know, I don't have to say it, it's a step up from Baines. But... <laughs> That's a low, low bar. It's a step up from Baines. I mean, I was almost a step up from Baines, and I don't play. But... You are tall, though. I am tall, so that's true. That's true. Yeah. But I, I'm not Baines tall. No. <laughs> I'm like you might Fred, have hit a couple I'm, more I'm jumpers. I'm Fred Van Vliet tall. <laughs> you, might, you might have hit a couple more jumpers. I might have. I might have yeah. if I was wide open. Yeah. But in any case, um, yeah, like I think it's, you know, just like we were saying, because we are overachieving this regular season, which is always great to see. And I think the Raptors are notorious for overachieving in the regular season. And if, I'm not a betting person, but if you are, except for the Tampa season, you take that over, <laughs> that over. every yeah. You take that over every year. Yeah. Since honestly, since Maasai, since the We the North era, and you're winning, yep. Yep. you're winning. The Tampa year only exception to that. So I think, you know, but I think because we are overachieving, I think as a fan base and potentially as a team, potentially Nick Nurse as well, have become a little more short sighted yep. about That's what our about yep. what our goals are because. I think it's like when the playoffs are right there, of course you want to make it. And of course you're a yeah. competitor and of course you want to win. Yeah. But also yeah, no, there's the like, 
you know, what's our three-year plan? Right, yeah. Right, no, like we, we've got Siakam and Fred locked in for a while. And they're starting to, like, get into their primes. Like, yeah, the timeline between them and Scotty is not necessarily aligned. Right. So. Right. They're, I'm sure Masai has con- contingency plans, but. Contingency plans. It's a big word. Yeah, I mean that's like a scary phrase as a <laughs> as a Raptors fan. A contingency plan for yeah. Fred. Um, but you're right. But I do think Scotty overachieving, or at least being better than our expectations, not necessarily better than the size, um, is good. But I also think like we have so much proof that this team knows how to draft. <laughs> That it's yeah, it like, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me draft. to be in the draft one more year. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't matter if they draft. There's, there's not really a difference between them drafting sixth and tenth. You know that they'll find talent. Yeah, I mean, if we had, if we were able to be to have a high draft pick, and we got, I don't follow college sports, but if we got somebody like Evan Mobley. <laughs> that would be a massive game changer. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. I mean, I, I don't know. I know that's all like hypothetical, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if if that were possible, if a player like that exists in this year's draft. I don't think there is. But you said there were a lot of bigs. Yeah, but I don't think they're Evan Mobley quality type. Oh. Who knows? I mean, it's I'm not gonna say what a 19-year-old. But who are they like then? I, I'll be honest. I have not watched enough to okay, make fine, a comparison. Fine. But you don't think there's an Evan Mobley out there. So we'll just crush I my dreams. Yeah. We'll just crush my <laughs> dreams. No problem. Sure. <laughs> um, Kyle Lowry missed this Miami Heat game. And it's rumored. I don't think it was a rumor. Okay. It's been semi-confirmed. <laughs> there aren't a lot of... Um, reliable media sources talking about it mm-hmm. but it's out there that he was at a philadelphia eagles game right instead of at his own game i mean how do i say this nicely about kyle um he's very he wants things done for him so i wouldn't be shocked if the the heat knew what they were getting and he had told them ahead of time, this Eagles game's important, I'm going. And that's kind of the concessions you have to make when you sign these big-time free agents where they're going to do stuff like that. Okay. And I also kind in the back of my mind, I'm hoping it's just him saying, I'm not playing the Raptors before I play them in Toronto with fans, which apparently now won't be until March. Right. Okay, here's the thing. He also missed the following Heat game. I can't remember who they they played against last night, but I saw that Jimmy Butler got mm-hmm. two texts in three yeah. seconds. Wait, who were they playing against? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. But um, he wasn't in that game either. So it isn't just about the Raptors. But yeah, you're probably right. My okay, just let me just have that dream though. Okay, I'm sorry. Look, you crushed my dream, now I crush yours. That's how this works. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, you know, everyone watched The Last Dance. 
And everyone, if you didn't know back then, because we're too young to know, I'd be following that closely, that Dennis Rodman fucked off to Vegas at one point for a few days. Jordan had to travel to find him and grab him. And then they later won a championship. And now everybody wants to do that. <laughs> to be the Dennis Rodman. And it's like... That, that that is honestly what I think is happening. Everybody <laughs> saw Dennis Rodman leave to Vegas, and now everyone's like, you know what? I'm an Eagles fan. I like football. I'm from Philadelphia. They're in the playoffs. I don't yeah. know anything about football, so I don't know if they're it's commonplace for them to be in the playoffs or not. Not really. No, so no. it's like I so it's like he's just like, I'm gonna go because I'm 35 years old <laughs> and I just don't care anymore. Right. And you know, I think what makes me more mad is that on the broadcast of the Raptors heat game, Alvin Williams straight up made it sound like something happened to Kyle's family. I mean, you know, he was like, he was like, you know, sometimes there are things bigger than basketball. And I'm like, yeah, football. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. We don't know. Something may have happened. And then he was able to also go to an Eagles game. Maybe. Just playing. Look, if that, if that is the case, then I eat my words. Right. But I was like... But at least he didn't go to his graduation on game seven. <laughs> but what if, what if the football calendar aligned that game seven was the night of an Eagles game? Do you think he does I, that? No. No. <laughs> no. I don't think... Well, the when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I'm trying to think now because I do know Kyle was there, but I'm trying to remember if the Raptors played that day or if he had flown to wherever the Super Bowl was. It was in Minneapolis. I mean, I don't remember Kyle missing a game for personal reasons and then just going to a football game. Right, but, but if he, he was, had... I mean, if he was there, yeah, like if we had a night off, then fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. even if the team was traveling somewhere else on that day. If you're not missing games, you don't care. It's not a huge deal. I think if you're missing practice, then that's like a little bit of a big deal. But I think, Kyle, if you, you know, if you miss one practice in the middle of a season, I don't think, and the team's given you permission and you've talked to them about it, yeah. I don't think. Well, as, long as, I, as long as there's transparency there. Yeah. He's not, oh God, he's not Kyrie Irving where he just disappears and doesn't tell anyone where he's going. I'm sure yeah. that he knew he was going to a football game. Yes. Yes. So he's not the worst. Yeah. It could be worse. Thank Absolutely. you for. And hopefully that's all that it was. Like, hopefully everything in his family is fine. And yeah. Okay. I don't want to come across like yeah. I'm hoping something bad's yeah. <laughs> happened to his family. Yes. I don't, it's just, I just hate this, like. I don't know. I mean, look, if I'm on an island with this opinion, then it's fine. But I just don't like the elitistness of it all. Okay, that's fair. Because it's like, we can't just like, fuck off from work because we feel like going to a football game in Philadelphia. Right. I, I that's our things. precious vacation time. Right. And we need permission. And we need like... I don't know. Like, it's just, there's just something very elitist about it that I don't really love. Okay. Agree to disagree. 
Really? Okay, yeah. so I'm on, I'm on an island. It's fine. Yeah. <sighs> what a downer note for me. But anyway, okay, that brings us <laughs> to our hot girl summer Nick Nurse highlight of the week. I don't know what I'm going to do with this segment. I keep saying this every week. You know, it but started it keeps off giving you content. You know, but he used to give me hot content. He used to give me hot, sexy content. And now it's like sometimes he gives us a real fun moment. And a lot of times it's just, I don't know, man. I don't know what sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just a face. Sometimes it's just a face. And this week it is just a face. It's <laughs> him staring into the camera when the egregious no call. That should have been a flagrant foul on Scotty Barnes against the Miami yeah. Heat. Even Matt Devlin wasn't over it. <laughs> um, Nick Nurse is very expressive, and I'm here for all his facial expressions. Um, I really he's, love it. It was a really fun, fun for me, not fun for everyone, but fun for me moment to, to watch him make that face. With the exception of maybe Doc Rivers, is he the most memeable coach in NBA history? Um... Wow. Memeable coach. There's the one of Doc, the gif of Doc Rivers, like staring off into the distance with like the fake smile. But I can't think of another coach that like has such an iconic like gif or meme. Yeah. I, you know what? I mean, if we had like memes and gifs and stuff back in the day, then I think Jeff Van Gundy would have had so many. That's a good, yeah, no, that, that's a good call. Yeah. Cause he just, he, he was constantly flabbergasted. <laughs> Like just perpetually flabbergasted at all times. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he would have had a him. he would have had a lot. But you're right in the modern era, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hate the brown shirts. I can't stand them. They're really driving me crazy. I, I've accepted that that the coaches aren't going to wear suits anymore. But that's these what I was going to ask. Where do you stand are, on that? I hate it. I want I want my coaches to wear really suits, nice suits yeah. again. That was all a part. See, people who are new to the show will not realize that I have a legitimate crush on Nick Nurse. But it's like part of his suit game. That was all part of it because right. he used to wear like really fun suits. The Craig Sager one. The Craig Sager one is the night I fell in love. Yeah. That was the that was the night it all happened. But like even after that, like he would put together different colors and patterns like he has like a fashion sense. Like he has yeah. a style yeah. to him. It's not just like a boring suit all the time. And and then it's just like now all of that's gone. And I'm seeing him in these ugly brown pullovers. It's not brown isn't even a raptor's color. I don't even know how they got this color. It makes no sense to me. I hate it. I think you're the only person that would notice that. I'm the only one who cares. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I just, I hate it so much. We do at least have his facial expressions, but I am like clinging onto like nothing now. You need to find uh, a college coach or something that like dresses nice. I Maybe I need a new coach crush. Ooh, maybe. It's going to oh, be hard. That's a hard, that's a hard one to let go. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's no hot, there's no hot like assistant coaches on the Raptors either. In my humble opinion, if you're anyone <laughs> listening is welcome to disagree. You don't know what to say. Yeah, um, I don't have an opinion either way. 
Oh my god. You're supposed to support me? I mean, I do, but I support <laughs> you in your search for finding a hot Raptors assistant coach. Okay. That's how they Honestly, if we if we ever should get be part of the hiring process. If we ever get a hot uh a new hot coach, then maybe I'll change I'll switch up the segment. But for all for but for now, <laughs> all we have are our Nick's uh facial expressions. And we got a good one this week. We got a good oh, one. We, we got ever? a good one. Yeah. Um with that, that's been our episode. Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Mark's uh Twitter handle here, but let us know where we can find you uh on the internets. Yeah, uh at underscore mark underscore w Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, that's it. Follow me for uh raptors and being angry viking fan that's pretty much it there you go and your little wordle updates maybe yeah and my dog my dog's adorable oh that's sweet i uh i've honestly only been tweeting wordle right now but uh i promise i will have other content and uh, you can follow me on twitter or instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled c-a-t-h-r-y-n uh thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next week bye Bye.